Welcome to the Bootleg Gathering Podcast. Today's episode starts right now. Well, thank you, Dan, for leading us in worship tonight. You know, you can hear Dan lead worship just about every Sunday at Northwoods Community Church in Galesburg. And I want to thank my daughter Clara and her friends as well. You guys are awesome. And I love your hearts for worship. Thank you, Elise, and the other owners here at St. Mary's Chapel for allowing us to have this service tonight. I mean, what an incredible facility. And you can find out more about the history and the availability on their website. Well, we're just a couple of days away from Christmas. And oh, the expectation of that day. No matter what the next 48 hours include for you, they probably include great expectations. Kids, you've made your list. You've got them to the appropriate people. There's certain toys or things that you hope to see under that tree, right? Those are expectations. Parents and grandparents, even we have expectations around what's going to transpire in the next few days. Certain traditions we hope to maintain, or perhaps if you're a younger family, begin. We have an expectation of how the day should go, how dinner should be laid out, what time everyone should arrive so that we can start opening presents, certain conversations we hope to have, others we hope to avoid. Like me, you would love for this Christmas to be one of the great memories your family talks about for years to come. Expectations. It didn't happen very often, but as a kid, there were a few Christmases past where my expectations got the best of me. And I can remember sitting with my pile of toys on Christmas afternoon feeling disappointed. I didn't get what I wanted, or I got exactly what I wanted, and the element of surprise was missing. I remember Christmas of 1987. My little brother and I thought we were done opening presents, and then Dad says, I think there's one more box back there behind the tree. Sure enough, it was a big present for both my brother and I. And we open it together and we start digging through the packing peanuts. And at first, it looks like a trick, but, but then we find a small key. A tiny key that says Honda. And we're just kind of in shock, like our expectations had been met. So, Dad, what is this? He says, well, let's go to the neighbor's garage. And there... As we stood in the driveway and we watched as that garage door lifted slowly, we saw a brand new Honda, four tracks, 250cc, quad sport, four-wheeler, red, white, and beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Our expectations had been blown out of the water. I mean, this was incredible. Dad took us out by Gale Elementary School later that week and pulled us on a tire tube in the snow, and I almost died, and it was awesome. (laughs) I'll never forget that feeling. And I wanted to create that same experience for my kids, so a couple of years ago, I decided to do the same thing. It wasn't brand new, but it was a pretty nice used four-wheeler. I kept it hidden in the machine shed for the weeks leading up to Christmas. I had the box and the packing peanuts ready, And late on Christmas Eve, I go to move the four-wheeler from the machine shed to the garage so they can get that same feeling as the garage door goes up. And I can just picture their reaction in my mind. My expectations 
are building for how they'll react to exceeding their expectations. As I pull it out of the machine shed, I decide to do a little midnight writing. I'm doing figure eights and drifting in the powdery snow for about 10 minutes or so. Any parents out there like to do that with their kids' toys? Before you give it to them, you got to try it out? Yeah. A lot of dads nodding their head right now. So I back it into the garage and I close the door. I put the key in the big box with the packing peanuts and Jenna wraps it up, puts it towards the back behind the tree. And I go to bed more excited than probably any of my kids. The first one up is Sterling and he comes running down. Dad, Dad, I'm not even out of bed yet. Dad, Dad, there's tire tracks all over our yard and they lead right to the garage. (laughs) I'd blown it. (laughs) And one by one, my kids look out the big window on the third floor of our house and they see the evidence of my midnight adventure. (laughs) So much for my surprise and my expectations for the experience that I was trying to duplicate for my kids. Expectations. So what do you do when life's circumstances don't live up to your expectations? I noticed something new recently as I read the familiar story of the birth of Christ. Look at what the angel says to Joseph when he finds out Mary is pregnant. We find this account in the first chapter of Matthew. This is the angel talking. Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. I assume Joseph was no stranger to the writings of the prophets. Can you imagine how his expectations for his future family grew with the knowledge that he would be the earthly father figure for the Messiah? I mean, what did this mean? Maybe he'd never have to swing a hammer again. Or maybe he would be royalty. (laughs) He could retire early. If the king of kings has a dad, he may not wear a crown, but certainly he'd have a room in the palace. Instead, a few months later, He's struggling to find a room in a cheap hotel. He can barely find a cave for his wife to give birth to the Messiah. And then they lay him in a feeding trough. And I wonder how long before Joseph thought to himself, wait a minute, I'm supposed to help raise the Messiah and I can't even get us into a room at the Motel 6? He had to wonder, did did I hear the angel right? And I guess if God isn't going to throw us a bone on the front end of this deal, maybe I better keep my hammer handy. Expectations. In Luke chapter 2, we see the angel say to Mary, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Oh man, I'm, I'm just thinking, you got my attention. This is going to be amazing. The angel goes on to say, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Now I want you to listen to this next part, and I want you to discover why it's no wonder they expected Jesus to rule on earth in Jerusalem eventually, if not immediately. The angel goes on, He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. 
And I wonder how many times in the 33 years of Jesus' life on earth, all the way up to what appeared to be the end on the cross, did Mary say, did I misunderstand the angel that night so long ago? And how about you? What do you do when life's circumstances don't live up to your expectations? You don't get the raise. You don't get the promotion. You lose your job. You get sick. Or worse, your child gets sick. Or worse, your marriage. I mean, how about all the expectations we bring into marriage? And maybe you look back on 2019 and you just say, what the heck was that? (laughs) It's not what I expected. And maybe you're like me. When life throws me a curveball, I just pray for clarity. Sounds pretty noble, doesn't it? I noticed something the other day. I've been keeping a prayer journal on and off for about 18 years. And I went through with a highlighter one time, and I discovered for almost 10 of those years, the overriding prayer request was clarity. Over and over again, Lord, give me clarity. We desire clarity, don't we? I'll never forget um, working for an organization that uh, brought in a consultant, and one of the first things that was promised from this process was irreducible clarity. And I still remember hearing those two words used together for the first time, and my heart leapt. And I just thought, that's it. That's what we need, irreducible clarity. And I've discovered since then, praying for clarity is, at least for me, the same thing as asking God, what should I expect? I'd like to understand. Wouldn't that be nice? If God would answer that prayer. Okay, Lord, I pray that you would give me clarity. I pray that you would show me what I can expect for the next fill-in-the-blank season of life. It doesn't take very much effort to see that throughout Scripture, God isn't in the habit of providing clarity. Not that he never does. I mean, there are a few examples of, of that. There's Nehemiah and some others, but... But how about Abraham? Abraham, go. Where? Just go. Moses, wandering in the desert. Not a lot of clarity in those 40 years. Look at the map. Should have taken about three weeks. Mary and Joseph, then later all of his followers and their hopes and dreams for how they thought your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven should look. And how about Jesus telling some guys, hey, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Is there enough clarity in that invitation to make you want to leave your family business? Probably not. And I don't know what your expectations are for the next 48 hours, let alone the rest of your life, but there is a high probability for some misguided expectations in our lives. And I'm okay with that. I mean, if God just met our expectations, how could he ever exceed them? God is good. He is a good father. And sometimes his gifts are hidden. And we don't even know that they are gifts because they're wrapped in what feels like difficult circumstances. But I speak from experience. 
I believe God smiles like a father on Christmas as he eventually reveals his gift. And it's like watching the garage door go up slowly and we're able to look back and say, what a gift. Sometimes the greatest gift is the deeper intimacy of our relationship with him that would have never happened with clarity. Can I give you this one simple challenge tonight? Trust trumps clarity. We were talking about this around the dinner table the other night, and my kids, a few of the younger ones, apparently uh, hadn't heard the word Trump used like that. So they, they either asked or they uh, insinuated, so is that like trust impeaches clarity? <laughs> sure. I'm okay with my desire for clarity being impeached and replaced by a willingness to trust. And maybe you're in one of those seasons right now where a little clarity would go a long way. And somewhere along the line, your expectations for what this season should look like got a little out of whack. And you're paralyzed by the expectation that God owes you some clarity about all of tomorrow's moments before you trust Him in today's. And here's my challenge. Just trust. Trust trumps clarity. It's okay to expect great things. And there's no shame when we pray for clarity. But let me challenge you. Just trust. Expect great things. Pray for clarity. But just trust. As the worship team comes back up, let me just say, I don't have this all figured out and I'm not speaking from any place of authority on this topic. I'm simply willing to stand on the battle line with you, not knowing what the future looks like, but trusting the one who does. Just trust. If you would just bow your heads for a moment, I could easily spend another 30 minutes with the three ways that we can trust, but I'd rather... Spend 30 seconds listening in silence, and I wonder if you would be so brave as to pray this prayer in the quietness of your seat right now. Just allow these words to resonate with you, and we'll be quiet for 30 seconds. Heavenly Father, in what area do I need to trust you? Holy Spirit, what's one thing I can do in that area that would show you I'm serious about trusting you? Stand with me and we'll close in prayer. Lord Jesus, Master of both the light and the darkness, send your Holy Spirit upon our preparations for Christmas Day. We have so much to do, yet we seek quiet spaces to hear your voice. We who are anxious over many things, we look forward to your coming among us. We who are blessed in so many ways long for the complete joy of your kingdom. 
we whose hearts are heavy seek the joy of your presence. We are your people, walking in darkness, yet seeking the light. To you we say, we trust you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. Merry Christmas, you guys. Well, thanks for listening today. To stay in the loop with the Bootleg Gathering, go to thebootleggathering.com.